I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk about an insight we had after a recent note session on our latest pitch. Then in Take a Hike, we'll talk about why we're doing No Spend February. We'll also talk about why you might want to come up with a tagline for your project, even if you don't technically need one. And then we have an Apple Watch hack, and I have a book recommendation. But first, Sarah, we have an update. In episode 349, you revealed your 24 and 24 list, the 24 things you want to do in 2024. One item that you had was that you wanted to wear sunscreen. We heard from people, um, including Valeska, a young writer we know. Yes, we actually wanted to hire Valeska on season three of Fantasy Island, when it got picked up, and but then it got unpicked up, so we weren't able to. So if you are looking for a young, fabulous writer, Valeska Rodriguez, definitely yes. give her a call. She's awesome. Yes, and she had some great uh, sunscreen suggestions. So she suggested Elta MD UV Clear Broad Spectrum SPF 46. And I like Elta a lot. I've used them. And then for reapplication, she says she uses Super Goop, Setting powder, SPF 35. And I think that's what Gretchen uses, super goop. She also says she wears sunblocking clothing, which is taking it to another level. And I have to say, I like it. Kula Bar has sun protective clothing. I know a lot of brands do. So I'm going to look into that, Liz. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, and a lot of hats are made of sun protective, you know, material. Yes. And then R wrote in to remind us to be sure to get the sides and back of your neck, your upper chest, and any parts of your ears that aren't covered by your hair. Because R points out that ears are actually very sensitive and a place where a lot of people can get skin cancer. Thank you, R. That is a good thing to know. My dad always was getting little skin cancers on his ears. So I'm like, I got to remember, sunscreen on my ears. 
And then, Sarah, for anybody with thinning hair, of course, you want to be careful about your scalp, too. Yes. And the backs of your hands. All anywhere, basically, the sun can get to. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desk Of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's an insight we had after a recent note session. Yes, it is, it turns out, so much easier to give good notes on something that's good than it is on something that's not good. This seems intuitive, but it is truly not. Well, you know, I don't know if it seems intuitive. I actually think in a lot of ways, it seems like it'd be easier to give notes on something not good because there'd be so much more space to go. Like, (laughs) well, if something's bad, then you could give this note and that note and really make it better. Whereas something's good, it might be harder to give a note. Well, that's true. It seems like it. I mean, to me, intuitively. Yes. Well, you've won me over. Okay. (laughs) However, that is not the case. And we may have mentioned this in passing before, but it's something that really struck us with our own material. Of course. (gasps) Yes. So, you know, we are working on a pitch. We've been working on it since well before the strike. It's been a journey. (laughs) But, you know, before the strike, we had a whole draft that we'd rewritten a couple of times of this pitch. We got a set of notes that really sent us backwards. Like, we didn't know what to do with the notes. Once the notes were put forth, we were like, we don't even like this project. Why are we doing this? We don't know what to do. We kind of were really at a standstill, and there was a real malaise to the project. So then the strike happened, and and I have to say we were more than happy to not think about it for a very long time. And then we sort of, as the strike was closing down, started, you know, things kind of bubble up, and we started having thoughts. And then we had an idea, which we've also talked about this, that is a totally different take on the material, just completely different. And suddenly we were really excited again. We wrote a whole different pitch. There might be two paragraphs that are the same, and I'm not even sure about that. And... We just got notes on that draft of the pitch, and they're great notes. Yes. And, of course, it's the same people giving the notes, very smart people, very experienced, very insightful. And the notes on this version were so much better, and and we go, oh, that's going to make it better, that's going to make it better, because we gave them something (laughs) that was easier to note because it wasn't sort of fundamentally flawed, which our original pitch really was at the end of the day. Yes. So that's a really good lesson for us, which is why we're sharing it. We've done a lot of pitches. We generally feel like we do pretty good pitches, but this one just could not— connect to it, and the notes were not helping, and that's because we were just, it was on not good, solid soil to begin with. We were all just kind of sinking into quicksand, and when you're doing that, you just can't magically sprout a gorgeous, flourishing tree. It's not going to happen. Yeah, so the takeaway is if you're getting notes on a project, we're, of course, referring to a pitch or a script. I'm sure this applies to many other kinds of projects. Absolutely. And the notes are sending you backward. Maybe it's the material. Maybe the material needs some 
fundamental change. This is bigger than what's the note behind the note. Yes. This is a really fundamental thing. And this is if you respect the people giving you notes and think, you know, they know what they're doing. Obviously, if you think they don't know what they're doing, that's a different story. Generally, you're getting a feedback from someone you trust, someone who's smart, experienced, et cetera, and you're not getting anywhere, you may need to go deeper. You may need to step away, come back, and try a completely different approach. Ultimately, it'll save you time and make your product much better. Much better. Okay, Liz, coming up, we will talk about our plan for No Spend February, but first this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, where we talk about mental, physical, and spiritual health. Today, it's kind of all three. We both have No Spend February on our 24 and 24 lists, and (laughs) it's February. Yes. So Gretchen and I are also doing this on Happier with Gretchen Rubin. So I've got double No Spend February, so I really need to adhere to it. First, let's talk about what's included and then sort of why we're doing it and what we're hoping to get out of it. I think for me, it's easier to talk about what's not included, which is just any basics like food. I happen to be out of toothpaste. I'm pretty sure I can just go ahead and buy some toothpaste. (laughs) It's bad timing to run out of it today. And also for me, anything 
you know, because I'm completely redoing my little office into a podcast studio slash office, former oh, closet, oh, now yes. delightful office. So I'm still really getting that set up. Like, I need a trash can, stuff like that. Right. That's just basic. I'm going to go ahead and get. But that is it. And by the way, my daughter is also part of No Spend February. I'm not getting anything for her in February either, which she's not thrilled about, but she gets an allowance. That's part of this is like her going, okay, wait a minute. I actually have to like choose how I use my money as well. Yeah, so I'm pretty much the same. I'm not including going out to eat at restaurants, um, but I am including Grubhub because, you know, I, Sarah, am a Grubhub, you know, mad person, and I don't want to be, because I think that's where I I waste a lot of money on Grubhub. Also, it's healthier not to eat Grubhub, healthier for me to get stuff at the grocery store. But I'm including, you know, any books, clothes, beauty products, game stuff, like my two dots game, all of, you know, anything like that. So it's really about shopping your closet, shopping my drawers in the bathroom for products, you know, and just everything. So that's what's included, which is basically everything. Why are we doing it? Well, I think coming off the strike, which was, what, five months? Yeah, and then the actor's strike continued after that, so. And then the actor's strike... I think we're more aware than ever that we are part of an industry that can be and is extremely unpredictable. And we were pretty aware of it before. Uh, Yes, we were. (laughs) We're even more aware of it now. We can go long periods without earning money. I mean, very long. A year is not at all unusual. Right. And frankly, the more we save, the more control we have over everything, over what projects we then can choose over feeling calm, over retirement. I mean, all of it. So as a person in this industry, saving is so important. Yes. And then for me, I am definitely guilty of mindless consumption. Like if if it's late at night and I'm scrolling, this is why one of my things is going to bed. Ah. And I see an ad for whatever, I'll be like, ooh, that would be good to have. Whenever I'm tired, my resistance goes down. And then I also, you know, I have lots of things. Like I have a composter that I need to sift through. So I'll be like, okay, I should probably get this sifter. And if I get this sifter, I'm going to need to get these Mm. buckets because the buckets are the same size as the sifter and blah, blah, blah. So I'll get all of these kind of specialized items that I can 100% rationalize, but that, let's be honest, I probably have a bucket in the garage somewhere that I could use for this project. So it's also for stuff like that, just to make me go, hmm, okay, let's think this through just a little bit longer. And I am making a list of all the things that I don't buy, which I think will be very gratifying at the end of the month. Yeah, well, you know, we heard from someone in Unhappier who said she did this and kept a list of everything that she wanted to buy with the idea that she could if she wanted to buy it the next month. And then she only bought one of 15 things, which just goes to show how much we buy that we don't need. Yeah. Sarah, one thing I'm looking forward to is saving time. Because what I realize as I've been preparing for this month What I do is I just spend a lot of time browsing sales and debating whether or not to buy something. I'll put it in my cart. 
I'll go back and look at it in my cart. I will see what size should I get in this item. I will look for it somewhere else to see if I can find it cheaper. I will like I will spend <laughs> literally hours looking at different sales and thinking about buying things. And with this, I'm just making I'm making part of it not doing that. So absolutely not looking at the sale. So if I get the email that says 70% off at CalPAC or whatever. I'm just not looking. I'm just I'm saying in February, I'm not going to the sale, not debating, not putting it in my cart. And I think it's going to save me a lot of time. Absolutely. And then, of course, we haven't even talked about yet the environmental impact of just mindless consuming and how many yes. resources we all use that we really don't need to be using. We the have landfill. One, yes. yes, we have one earth. We need to be much more thoughtful as human beings about how we treat kind of all aspects of our lives. So that's definitely part of it as well. Yeah. So essentially, there are a lot of good reasons to <laughs> yeah. do this. It's going to be interesting. We did pick the shortest month, although it's a leap year, so. 29 whole days, Liz. Here we go. (laughs) I'm very curious. So anyway, let us know if you're doing no-spend February or if you've done a no-spend month. Ann Patchett did a year of no shopping. Um, Somebody posted a link to that on our Facebook group, and that's a great piece. And speaking of our Facebook group, Sarah, There is a lot of discussion about this subject on the Facebook group. People really have strong feelings about it. If you want to check that out, get involved in that very respectful conversation that's going on there, search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Okay, Sarah, it is time for the craft and fame uh, because writing is an art, but it is also a craft. And we like to talk about the craft. Today, we have a fun tip, which is write a tagline for your project. Yes, we did this for a pitch that we're working on, not the one we were talking about earlier, a different pitch. And it really is helping us nail the tone. Now, for those who don't know, by tagline, we mean like that that quippy little phrase on the poster, the thing that sums up what the show is very quickly and in in an intriguing way. Yeah. So it's really fun to distill something down to a few words. And of course, we do this for our creative writing projects, but I could see doing it for anything. If you're writing a closing argument in a trial, I could see making a tagline for yourself for your closing argument. If you're having a sales pitch, I could see having a tagline, you know, for the product, whatever you're selling. And it's fun. It gets your mind going. You could even do it for a trip, Liz. Like when we went on the cruise, we had our like cruise drink, which was the espresso martini, but we could have had a tagline for the trip. Yes, we should have, Sarah. I know. I'm regretting it. In fact, you know what I'm thinking? Mm. We have an upcoming this week. We're doing a one night little team retreat at our favorite place, the Emerald Iguana Inn. I think we should come up with a tagline for our team retreat. Don't drink work. Yeah, that's a good one. That's I think we could do better. Now, so a way to go about doing this, which we could do for our retreat, our team retreat tagline, is to write down the words and phrases that come to mind, what you're trying to get across, words that are evocative of what you're doing, And then if you just kind of write down whatever comes to mind, phrases start to emerge and bubble up, and that's a way to do it. 
Yeah, so Sarah, when you and I were doing this, some of the ones that we came up with were beauty is skin deep, looks are deceiving, a cutting hour of television, which we then decided a cutting drama would be better. Yeah, so that probably gives some hints about what kind of project we're working on. It might. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And of course, this is not written in stone, this tagline. It's a starting point. I think people think whenever they come up with something, then it's like, this is it. It cannot change. No, this is just a jumping off point. Yes, and to, just something to help you focus. It's it's not actually going to go on the poster. Although I will say we have done shows where the thing that we were like, yeah, it should be this, did end up on the poster. So yes, you just hopefully. never know. But so far, there's no poster for this. Yes, hopefully there will be. And Sarah, a fun thing in this arena, which I have to point out, is that taglines are huge in the world of the housewives. So everybody knows I'm a huge housewives fan. If you're not, I will explain to you that at the beginning of every episode for every city, each housewife says her tagline, and they're different every season. So, I mean, there over the years have been hundreds of taglines. And what it does is it either kind of sums up who that person is in general, or sometimes it's about the season that's going to come. So I'll just give you some examples. Kenya from Atlanta, one of hers was, I won Miss USA, not Miss Congeniality. She's known for throwing a lot of shade. Teresa from New Jersey said, I used to flip tables. Now I'm turning them. Heather from OC says, I may be married to a plastic surgeon, but I'm 98% real. That's funny. (laughs) There are a lot of funny ones. There are a lot of very funny ones. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a tagline for a project you're working on or for a trip you're taking or for uh, just who you are as a human being, let us know. We love to hear from you at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Yes. All right, coming up, Sarah has an Apple Watch hack, but first is break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, Liz, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack, which is change your watch face. I have an Apple Watch. I think this would also apply to other kinds of smartwatches, but... On my Apple Watch, I had a very work-focused watch face. It had, like, two different time zones because we were doing a lot of stuff in Puerto Rico and what meeting was up next, and it was just very, like, basic and informative. And it worked for actually quite a long time. I was like, thank God my watch has this option. I need this so badly. But... We haven't been doing that kind of hyper-scheduled life for the last year. So recently, I changed my watch face to a beautiful kaleidoscope, and it's so nice. And it sort of changes the tone of my day and makes me just more relaxed. Every time I look at my watch, I pause for a minute and watch the little kaleidoscope. Mm. And it was 
just sort of an accident that I even did it. You know, sometimes your watch changes faces and you're like, what happened? Yeah. That happened. And then I started flipping around. So I wanted to say maybe do it more intentionally than I did and and see how it changes your feeling during the day. It's been a really good change for me. Yeah, an easy way to do this, for those who don't know, is if you have an iPhone, there's an Apple Watch app, and if you go to that, all the faces are there, and it's very easy to change your watch face. Sarah, people feel very strongly about their watch faces, I have learned, because I feel very strongly about mine. Mine has all my rings on it. Yes. It never occurred to me that others would not want that because I am I was trying to get Adam to change his face. I was trying to get my parents to change their faces. And everyone's like, no, I want what I want. Yes. So I realized, oh my gosh, people feel very strongly about this, myself included. Yes. And my old face had the rings on it and this one doesn't. And I have to say, I really like it. So there you go. It's whatever works for you. I love my rings, never giving them up, but others. No rings for me. No rings. Okay, Sarah, finally this week, you have a recommendation for us. Every week, one of us recommends whatever we want, podcast, movie, book, Uh, And this week, you have a book to recommend. Yes, I am recommending the book Raising Critical Thinkers by Julie Bogart. Is this a parenting book? Yes. Do I realize that many of our listeners are not parents? Yes. But I'm recommending it anyway because it's really also about being critical thinkers and how challenging that can be in this very tech-driven era And a lot of that connects to our No Spend February ideas. Like much of spending is just sort of a result of mindless scrolling and feeling that addiction to just continuing to scroll and click and scroll and click. And, you know, the dopamine rush that we get all the time when we're on our screens. So that is a big part of this book. And I am that person who reads like, third of a parenting book, half of a parenting book, and then I never look at it again. Mm -hmm. I'm almost done with this book. It's very easy to read. It's totally fascinating. I'm probably going to read it again, honestly, when I'm done. It's that good. So that's my recommendation, Raising Critical Thinkers by Julie Bogart. And in my case, I'm including Raising Yourself to Be a Critical Thinker. Well, I love this, Sarah. And I actually have been thinking a lot about like how to be a better critical thinker, partly because of books I've been reading about cryptocurrency. I just mm. recently read The Big Short by Michael Lewis and about how easy it is not to be a critical thinker and how, I mean, millions of people can be thinking the same wrong thing and how hard it can be to step back and actually look at something. So I'm very interested in that subject matter right now as well. Excellent. You can borrow my copy. I'm going to. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love hearing from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin and Side Hustle School. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram and threads at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S. Fain. We also have a Facebook group. 
Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Kraft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, now I love our pitches so much, I want to be able to do them on the show. Well, it could happen. It could. We've never done a pitch on the show that made it to series, though. So. Uh, well, I know. So in that Let's sense, <laughs> I'd rather have the show to to promote than do the pitch. But By I far. do love our pitches. I do, too. From the Onward Project. <laughs>